one. And uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Anti-Think Tank. My name is Ian. And today I am joined by my two hosts. Uh, introduce yourself, boys. Yeah, you want to go first or you want me to? I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, my name is Ryan. Uh, I got told to do this introduction because we didn't do it for episode two. And Justin got a fucking piss baby about it. Real way, way, way. Real... Real, I'm tired right now. It's ten fucking a.m. I went to sleep at five. Please shoot me. <laughs> yeah, and and I, and yeah, I am I am Justin. I am the the, the pissy baby. <laughs> I listen. Listen. I, I was trying to make sure is, the audience is, knew who we were. Yes. No. 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 I I understand. Yeah. The episode two starts and it's just like, we just like get right into it. And anyone who's just listening to that for the first time is just these are three disembodied voices. Yeah, we got names at the bottom of it. That's on the editor for not. Telling people. The fuck you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if it's audio only, how the fuck are they gonna know? They'll skill issue, frankly. But <laughs> Justin, we Justin, we expect we expected you to dub in our voices to go in and like be like, my name is Ryan and my name is Ian, and just like. You like <laughs> fucking. I'm expecting GPT. you to come up with some creative shit. But uh, but anyway, uh, let's let's go ahead and get into uh into my first topic. And my first topic, you know, bit of a contentious one. Let's talk about everyone's favorite company, a company with no shady practices whatsoever, a beacon of health, Nintendo. What do they do oh, now? Boy. All right. So, uh, do either of you gentlemen own the uh, the Nintendo Switch? I do. I do. All right. Uh, have you experienced the problem known as Joy-Con drift? Not yet, but I've heard of it. More times than I can count. Granted, oh. I have not been the one playing it. My grandfather, my grandmother, that was about to be a very strange conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my grandmother uh, is the one that mostly plays on it, like Zelda and shit. And every like month or two, I have to get her a new controller because she somehow I breaks the ones with Joy-Con drift. Okay, so Justin, essentially what uh yeah, what Joy-Con drift is is the way that Nintendo makes the controllers. They're not like gluing down the little uh CPU chi like the chip or whatever that's right under the thumbstick. So essentially once you have the Joy-Con for for most people it was 6 months. I remember I got mine my Switch around when it came out and I it, the problem was showing itself around like six, seven months uh, after I got it. Essentially, your character will just start walking without you pressing the thumbstick, and it that sounds like a minor deal, but it can ruin games. I mean, Breath of the Wild, you'll just be chilling, and then you'll run up a mountain. And essentially, for years, uh, everyone I know who's at a Switch has been affected by this, and they have to buy new ones, and they are not cheap. They are like. <laughs> I mean, there to get two new Joy Cons, it's like what around sixty, sixty-five dollars. Yeah, I think last time I checked was yeah. Eventually, we just got the fucking. Eventually, we just started getting the Nintendo Pro, uh, Nintendo Switch Pro controllers, and even then, they're still pieces of shit. Yeah, no, they they they're so light, like they feel like they're McDonald's toys. But I I still got one, but they were I mean they're they're better than the Joy Cons at least. Yeah, still the same issue though. Just. Anyway, continue. It's just it's uh it's incredibly frustrating uh, because, for one, we now have recent news that's come out that obviously obviously Nintendo knows about this. The Switch has been out for around six years, and this is an incredible. This is not a minor problem. This is a game breaking problem 
on one of the most popular consoles in the world, and Nintendo hasn't fixed it. And people have been speculating whether it's due to um, financial reasons, like why wouldn't they want to fix it? So anyway, uh, recently they have uh, secured a patent for... Uh, it's a little bit vague, but the general idea is that they've secured a patent for a new type of Joy-Con that shouldn't have the drift. The Switch has been out for six years. Like, it is way too little too late. I do not understand how they were just so comfortable sending us a defective product and just expecting us to continue repaying for it. And the implication that they wanted us to keep buying new controllers every six months, that is actually, like, laughably evil. That's cartoon, Saturday cartoon villain type evil. Yeah, at that point, a regulatory body needed to step in and, like, no, 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 that... Fuck this shit, you can't get away with this planned obsolescence of like six months, get the fuck out of here. Make a good product and then get back to us. But I think the bigger thing is like, if they're patenting a new like controller, chances are it's for a newer console at this stage of the Switch's lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with all with all the different rumors about, um, I mean, the rumors are about the Switch 2 coming out uh, either late this year, or at least getting announced late, late this year, I totally get it. Um... Why they that that's probably why they're doing the patent. They're not planning on fixing this one. They just, I mean, who's to say they won't have the same problems on the next one? I just, I really can't stand it when big like multi-billion-dollar companies like this just continue shoveling shit at us and just expect us to take it. It just, it just pisses me off. It's, it's real corporate greed. So uh, anyway, uh, Justin, I'm really glad you weren't affected by that. No, but uh, the only problem I did have with my Joy Cons was uh, <clears throat> I can't remember which stick it is. Either right or the left, but it can no longer click. It can, it can no longer click in. And I think right. I was playing like I was playing a, a game that requires you to crouch, and I try to click in yeah. to crouch, and it just wouldn't do shit. And I was like, "Are you fucking that, kidding that me?" Is, no, that that is also part of the problem. Mine stopped doing that after a while, and you need that to play Metroid and, Dread. So I had to get a, fact, I had to get a pro controller. And fun fact: so I have two sets of Joy Cons, and I have the pro uh, controller. And I never had a single problem out of the Pro Controller. Not a single one. But when it came to the Joy-Cons, mm-hmm. the ones that stopped working are the most recent ones that I bought. <laughs> like, the the two Joy-Cons that came with they're, the system because they're, getting they're still working. Sh- they're, they're getting shittier, dude. They're making them shittier as the years go by. I mean, it goes back in the conversation of, you know, companies don't make things like they used to. Like, a little off topic, but kind of the same. But, you know, microwaves. Like the life expectancy of them now is like five years. When <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, buy a microwave, you know, like I, here's the thing: growing up, we had a microwave that literally lasted about forty years. Yeah, I, I can personally say that I hate planned obsolescence so mm-hmm. much. There's like it's such a tricky thing to get around to. Like you can't say, "Oh, it just broke." Uh, because on these products, like, the defects are built in seemingly yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Like, they want you to just buy the other fucking product. And if you they give you a good product, they know you're just going to get the one sale. Because, like, if you're using a Nintendo Switch, for instance, like, going back to that, like, you need to use a Nintendo Switch Nintendo-made controller. Except for, like, the really shitty third-party ones that are going to have these issues anyway. Like, yeah, like, like obviously, so, like... Just a real quick, a couple of generations ago, you would be way more likely to buy the new Xbox, the Xbox One, if your 360 just like had the red ring of death. It's like, oh well, I may as well get the new one. I mean, would you call Apple built in like? What would you call that plan? Obsolescence. uh, I don't think that's 
Yeah, planned obsolescence is more, is more on the lines of like whenever Apple uh, decided to start like updating iPhones to make the battery life and such just worse, and make sure that people just slowly like hated the iPhone that they had, so they'd buy the new one. Until they slowly grow to hate that one over the course of a year and a half and buy the new one. Yeah, like, it's literally planned from Apple, like... Before you, before, shit like that should just outright be illegal. Yeah, like, that is... that Like, for that to be a normal business practice is kind of, like... That's just strange to me. That should feel illegal. It's, at the very least, predatory. It's almost, like, monopoly-tier bullshit. And I mean that in both ways, like... The caricature of Monopoly in the vi- in the board game where it's like one guy buying up everything, twirling his fucking mustache. And like the real life examples of the Rockefellers doing some bullshit in the market and making sure that nobody else can do anything but them. Dude, for real, like we're, we're living, it's, it is, it's ridiculous right now, man. Steve Jobs, man, he man, came back from the dead just for a couple more doubloons, it's sad. But it's gonna turn into the, the like his head's frozen like Walt Disney's, and he's just like puppeting some guy. <laughs> he just becomes the new like the new the new Siri, like his voice becomes it becomes the new Siri, like in every single response is like, hey, you want to check out that new iPhone? Can you also, imagine? iPhone no, is like, really. Oh, go on, go on. The mass the mass slips every once in a while. It's regular Siri voice, and then like at random, like one word will just be in Steve Jobs' voice. <laughs> Could you imagine it'll be, it'll if, like, be like, how, could how you can ma- I help you today? I'm dead! I'm dead! I'm dead! How can I help you today? <laughs> could you imagine if Steve Jobs' head got put in a fucking jar and, like, they use his head for presentations from from now on? <laughs> Dude, I can, I can literally see someone carrying the head out. Welcome, <laughs> esteemed people. <laughs> like, they carry him under his arm and shit like that. Oh, man. Poor Steve. No, not poor Steve. Yeah, fuck Steve. I'm tired of Steve. Almost as tired of Steve as I am of Skooloo Badooloo. Can't stand that dude either. I, I I wasn't a fan of him either. I told you you can't mention him in here, and that's still, uh... I'm the one who mentioned it, so, uh, never mind. <laughs> shot, shot yourself in the foot. You know what that means, Ian? You broke the rules. Time to go to the spanky boy corner. No! No! Right. No! Here we go, motherfucker! Ryan! Come on! Ryan, get out! Get, ah! Ah! Naughty, naughty boy! Leave my ass alone! Ah! You shouldn't have brought up the fucking he and shall not be named. Okay. I'll my... be back if you fuck up again. My ass is raw and we are moving to the next topic. Let's go. What the fuck just happened? Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to, uh, uh, this is a little bit of a lighter topic, you know, nothing, nothing too big. <laughs> but I just want to say that I walked into Walmart the other day and I saw some, uh, Funyuns, uh, spicy queso, you feel me? And I thought, that sounds absolutely delicious. And so I got suckered in by this terrible corporate cup. Co- I guess the, I, I guess the, like, topic of today, all the topics are just corporate greed. I got suckered in by corporate greed. I bought the spicy queso funyuns, and they were actual ass. I'm talking, like, crusty ass in the New Mexico desert, dude. It was so bad, and it didn't even, like, live up to what it said. Like, the flavor was so bland, and that made me remember. Almost every single time, like, specifically from, like, Lay's, Lay's has all these wacky flavors, and almost every time I get it, 
I end up being so underwhelmed and disappointed that I paid almost $6 for this bag that barely tastes like anything, barely tastes like the flavor that they uh, told me it would. And I just, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, like, who is focus testing these, like, like these snacks that you end up underwhelmed by? Who is focus testing them? Like, because no one ate that Funyun and said, damn, dude, this shit's slapping. Middle-aged white moms that can't take any fucking spice, dude. Like, there's a reason why the only, like, the only ones that actually taste like they're advertised are the salt ones, sour cream and onion, Mm. and, like, the barbecue flavors. Like, outside of that, like, and I'm guilty of this, too. I'm a pasty motherfucker. (laughs) Like, we just can't take anything more than that. It's just over. Like, white moms go to Louisiana, and they try one, like, gumbo, and they're just... <laughs> and they just, like, go into an actual epileptic fit. They can't handle the fact that there's more than just salt and pepper in it. What's what's so funny to me, though, is the idea of these, uh, these taste testers to uh, verify if these flavors are good or not. I mean, in, honest, in all honesty, taste is very subjective. Okay. And so, whenever, like, one person says the chip tastes good... You know, if they're going off of one person's opinion, that doesn't count for one out of ten people. So, yeah, one person may say good, while the other nine say it's shit. But I hate to think that they're yeah. taste testing these these specific flavor of Funyuns, and they only had one person tasting it. And they're like, oh, yeah, this, this shit's good. This, this, send, send it out right now. It's great. Don't worry about it. Oh, we're finding them. No, we are. We're hunting their ass down. Like, I <laughs> specifically, bl- I blame you. What, what's his name? Ryan, could you look up his name? The man who uh, man who said those Funyuns were good in the focus test. Uh, well, I'll be damned. Yeah. Fucking school, Luke. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> For the final time. Bro, okay, listen, 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 listen. All right, listen, Skulubadulu. Next time I get a bag of Funyuns, next time I get a bag of Funyuns, it's going to be the original flavor, all right? The, the the best snack on the market. Objectively, the best chip, the best snack, bag snack on the market is original Funyuns, and I don't want to hear anything to the contrary. Not even uh, Flamin' Hot Funyuns? Okay, okay. You have a good point. There you um, go. Okay, okay. All right, that's fair. <laughs> This is acceptable. You get to live another day. <laughs> you get to live one more day, Justin, for mentioning this delicious snack to my in my presence. But anyway, I uh, personally, you know, not one I wanted to harp on too much. I just, it really pissed me off. I was like, bro, I paid $6 for this bag. This is bland as hell. Uh, I don't want to do this again. So from now on, I will be uh, getting all of my food through Ivy Drip only. Moving on. <laughs> all right, boys, we are moving on to... Uh, once again, this isn't a, a huge one, but uh, the Rolling Stones, one of the most iconic rock bands of all time, one of my personal favorites, uh, a really formative band, recently released a song called Angry about a week ago, and it got me really thinking about when you are an artist, someone who like makes their living based off of creating your art, be that you know books or music video games comic books any like anything that is your your deal does there come a certain point in which it is more respectful for you to bow out with grace especially if you already had a good final album because sometimes like coming out later on and doing another thing it can really just tarnish a great legacy that you already had because the new song like it's not bad but it's got no soul in it it's just it's very very polished and poppy it has none of their original like bluesy grit and 
I just I I'm wondering like whether they made it for fun or whether they just made it out of contractual obligation. And uh, yeah, I mean, in some like that one guy, uh, Dorde Martinovic, who uh, who worsened Serbian lives for years, uh, and should have just taken the L instead of making a fucking huge. You know what? We'll do this in real time. Uh, pull up the Serbian bottle incident. Okay. And just read through, and I want to hear your reactions to this shit in real time. Serbian bottle incident. Yeah. Dorde, the Dorde um, uh, Martinovic accident? That's the only thing that came up. Yeah. Okay. Read it out loud. Are the incident on May 1st, 1985, Dorde Martinovic, a 56-year-old resident of the Kosovo town of Redacted, uh, arrived at the local hospital with a broken bottle wedged in <laughs> with a broken bottle wedged in his rectum. He claimed that he had been attacked by two Albanian men while he was working in his field. After being interrogated by Yugoslav's personal Ar- People's Army Colonel, Martinovic reportedly admitted that his injuries had been self-inflicted in a botched in a botched attempt at masturbation. <laughs> Hold up! What does this guy do with music? I, what does this have to do with the Rolling Stones, Ryan? Because you said they should have just taken the opportunity to exit. And not done anything, like, uh, bowed out with grace. And this dude <laughs> claimed that two Albanian men shoved a bottle up his ass and caused a genocide that's still ongoing today. Alright, let, let me... I uh, feel like it's at least a little bit tangentially related. Let, let me, Wait, can, can we, can we... Uh, go on, go on, Justin, go on. Go yeah, on. let me just... Add, okay, so when it comes to artists retiring or not... There we go, that's the topic at hand, Ryan. Um, So, it depends on... I don't know. It depends on how talented the the artist is because there's some bands that have reached their peak and, you know, they they have to retire. Like, in my honest opinion, I feel like Green Day should, should retire. Oh, I mean, for real, man. They just, they they are not, they're not, they're not with it, dude. I mean, Billy Joe, he's, it, it, uh, now, don't I'm get me wrong. My, I, don't get me wrong, I love the band. I've loved them since high school. I loved every album that came out except for um, Father of All Motherfuckers. You want to talk about an album that was trying to meet Contract Abig- uh, it, it was They made it for the record, for the record label. Like, that was it. it and it, it's, it's fucking no, terrible. That's, that's what I hate. I Because when people, uh, when, you know, people like me who like to listen to a band from beginning to end, they're going to start off with smoothed out slappy hours, all right? They're going to start out with a pretty good album, and they're going to move through some of the greatest, like, punk albums, greatest pop albums of the last, like, 40 years. And then they're going to get to that. If that is their final album, that is, a, that is dying on a whimper. That's like the equivalent of having a terrible series finale. Like, that's just awful. I hate that. In my honest opinion, if they retired off of... Uh... Revolution Radio. I think that'd been a great retirement album. Hell, I wouldn't have even hated that. I, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. like Revolution Radio. I... Exactly. That would've been a good My... bookend. But uh, real quick, yeah. when it comes to bands well... that I feel like aren't done yet, like for instance, my favorite band, The Descendants. Like yeah, they've, hell yeah, dude. they've been around since they've been around since the seventies or the the early eighties, and they never really reached their full potential. Like they had one really good single that made mainstream, and that was. Uh, I'm the one, 
but they're in their 60s and their last album or second to last album that came out was uh hyper caffeinate spasonite which i think is probably one of their best albums ever uh, I personally disagree. I don't personally like love it, but I do agree that when I listened, when I finished it, I was like, yeah, like I can really see this as being a good, like a good ending to a great multi-decade long career. Yeah. So like, it, it just depends on uh, who the artist is. Not just that, but like, uh, I see like three arguments for like, it's time to retire. A, if, like, if you're not making any money anymore, like, retire and just live out your fucking life. Like, that's, first and foremost, the music industry is about making money. It's not about art, it's about how much fucking money you can put in your bank account and then move on. Then, artistically, if you're just tired of it and you don't want to do anything else, like, it might be time just to hang it up and then enjoy life. But, like, the final one is a bit strange, because, like, I've seen so many artists throughout the years, like, just... You think that they're done, and then they come out with, like, one extra thing. Yeah. That just, like, brings you back in. Like, uh, Sting was like that for me. Like, I liked his earlier music. I kind of, like, didn't pay attention to him at all. And then I was watching a show, and one of his singles came on, a song called What Could Have Been. And I think that's one of my most listened to songs. Yeah. So, like, even in the instance that there's an artist that, you know, like, oh, he's washed up or whatever the hell. They could just hit it big again with a single or something, so... I don't think anybody should ever, like, be forced to retire yeah, or anything yeah. like that, or... I... Yeah, I, I agree. I wasn't, um... I, I wasn't trying to uh, throw too much shade on the Rolling Stones. I just... I, I felt a lack of... I personally felt a lack of passion with the song. It felt like... Not that it was exactly created for modern audiences, but, like... Mo- like, mainstream modern, like, listeners can't really handle, like, rock with any kind of, like, hard rock leanings in it. So they had to make it really, really simple and poppy to, like, get on the charts. And I just, I kind of hate that. Uh, it really annoys me. Also, I just realized, are you really telling me that, like, that that incident you told me about, <laughs> that that actually started, like, a huge conflict? Yeah, it did. Yeah, the ongoing Kosovo conflict. Okay, so... Serbia like... and uh, them are still having, like, a civil war over the... Over the bottle incident, yeah. Okay, okay, wait, so we're talking... So we're t- we're talking about, like, incite... Like, inciting incidents. Like, the first thing that happens that starts a conflict. Like, I'm actually, like... Like, thinking about some of them. So imagine them in heaven. Like, Archduke Ferdinand's like, Yeah, I got shot and it started World War One, And this guy's like, Yeah, I tried to decimate my prostate with a bottle of schnapps. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it led to the dissolution of his nation and uh, the Balkanization. It, it led to the Yugoslav War, basically, uh, which was uh, before the Ukrainian conflict, the last uh, armed conflict on European soil. So, uh, wow, how many people died in that war? Let me see. So this, uh, yeah, the Yugoslav War started in 1990 and ended in 2001 uh, with 140,000 people dying. You're telling me 140,000 people died because this man, like, tried to finagle his G-spot? I mean, looking at Wikipedia, it, like, it had been growing for a while, but this is, like, for lack of a better term, the climax of the fucking build-up. <laughs> Bro, stop. I, I do like how this started with, roll, with Rolling Stones and somehow continuously made its way back to the bottle incident. <laughs> it was too interesting not to. I'm sorry for derailing. No, like, like, that it, was was a, it was a good derail. 
<laughs> that was the hardest derailing I've ever heard in my entire life. But it, the conversation, the conversation had just started. <laughs> I just, I just sat down. <laughs> oh man, good stuff, good stuff. All right, boys, moving on, moving on to the next one. Uh, I had. Uh, I, I went with a different kind of direction than um, Ryan did. I have like a bunch of kind of like mini topics that I'm moving through a little bit faster. All right. So uh, let's hear them. All right. Uh, this one. This one just says Spider-Man Two coming out soon, and I think I wrote that because I forgot to mention it last week when uh, Ryan asked me what my most excited video game was. Uh, Spider-Man 2018 is one of the best controlling games I've ever played. Did either of you guys play it? Uh, yeah, I got it on the PlayStation Plus Pass, and I gotta say, I do agree with you. I did not put that thing down for, like, five days straight. There is nothing, like, the and as someone who, like, as a kid played a lot of, uh, Spider-Man games on, like, the PS1 and PS2, the web-slinging was fun, but very primitive. But with this game, it, it felt unreal. The feeling of swinging through the city was the best feeling in the world. It was great. To use the catchy phrase, it made you feel like Spider-Man. Made me feel like Spider-Man, the menace. It was great. I was a huge fan. Can't wait for the second one. Uh, I doubt you guys play. Oh, sorry. Go on, Justin. Uh, I about to say, speaking of which, but with, with Spider-Man, like the controls in that game were so great. The storyline was so great. Like it is the, <laughs> it's the first game I've ever 100% completed, and actually feel like I want to do it. Wow. I I, I never 100%ed it. I I couldn't. There was so much stuff in there. I mean, I did all. Yeah, the... I just I did the main quest, a couple of side quests, and then fucked off. Like, I'll be real. Because like, <laughs> I I beat the whole game, and then like there's all this other shit you can do, and all these side quests, and I'm like, well, I'm not done playing the game yet. Like the game feels so good to play, so I just continue to do the rest of the side quests and shit. No, dude, like I I, yeah. I I'm like glad for you. I hate that me and Ryan like probably missed out on some of the best stuff in the game. I'm not. I had my fun. I moved on. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm definitely not. A... I installed Miles Morales and was fucking and disappointed by that piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty still short. Still fun. It was pretty short. Still fun. It's just short. Like, it's, it's it's basically DLC. Yeah, it's $50 standalone DLC is all it is. There's a reason why they're calling this one Spider-Man 2. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like... Uh, uh... I'm, I, I can't wait, though. It's kind of like when Halo made Halo 3 ODST, charged a whole $50 for it. Personally, I uh, I only recently started playing the Halo franchise. I'm in the middle of 2, so I wouldn't know. Alright, no spoilers for the man. If any of you spoil fucking Halo for him and go into plot details, I'll brick your kneecaps. I'll go well, Considering with this. that Halo, fa- <laughs> Halo fans are the most like, egregious fans in the world, I'll be like, yeah, I'm on two, and they'll be like, you're literally on two? It's been out for, it's been out for 20 years, what are you doing? It's like, I'm uh, just, I just want to have fun. I just now got into it. I'll tell you this. Leave me you alone. finish this fight, motherfucker, you get in there, now! I'll tell you this right now, people will try to, play. people will try to soil your enjoyment when it comes to Halo 3 ODST, because, realistically, that should have been a DLC, but it was a standalone game, but honestly, it was pretty fucking good on its own, I'm not gonna lie. Hmm. I think people are starting to turn around to it. Uh, it should have been different than what it was because they they made like the main character an ODST and then kind of had him with like more similar to Master Chief and Spartans than the sort of stealth shooter that it was supposed to be. Yeah, but still really fun game. Oh, absolutely! And the soundtrack is so good. Just just know that after after you go like Halo One, Two, Three, ODST, and then Reach. 
everything past Reach is such a quality dip. Oh my god, <laughs> just, it is. It feels terrible. Okay, yeah, that, that that that's what I understand about the franchise because my um, I essentially got the Master Chief Collection as like a promise to my friend Connor. Like, it's like we'll both play like each other's favorite video game franchise. So mine is like Donkey Kong Country. So he had to play the trilogy, and uh, his was Halo. So which wasn't exactly a fair like switch because <laughs> it's you really can play not all three Donkey. You can play all three Donkey Kong Country games in like a day, whereas I have been on Halo Two for a hot minute. <laughs> Yeah. So you say you started the Halo franchise. And you don't even franchise. get to really fully off? experience it because. Go on. Oh, so you say you started off with the Halo franchise. Did you start off on Reach first, or start off with CE first? Um, no. Uh, I essentially, I, I yeah, I think Combat Evolved. I think I played. I finished the first game. Um, and then I just started playing the second one. And essentially, Connor said that the first three are great. Then, like you guys said, there's a couple of spinoffs. And is four supposed to be good, or is that where it starts dipping? That's where it starts dipping. Uh, compared to five, it's good. Oh yeah, good. Uh, compared Absolutely. to five, it's good. But uh, okay, uh, I haven't played the, I haven't played Halo Infinite, so I can't speak on it. I've heard from my friend Chance, uh, uh, who's a Halo fanboy, that the the campaign to Infinite's decent to good, but uh, yeah, I I just couldn't get into it after playing through Halo Four and then didn't even boot up halo 5 so oh okay so uh, well that that being said do i is there a stopping point in the story where i'll feel like i got a complete like experience and don't need more story uh, uh for the original trilogy it's halo 3 okay but that one, i think okay i will go and say this though halo reach is my ass is because halo reach is a prequel to the first game uh, i'll probably play that one after three if i'm if i still want some halo and i would argue right now that halo reach is probably the best halo game whoa really I didn't like. Uh, I'll go against that and say that three's better in my opinion. But I'm also really against any sort of enhanced mobility, uh, at least in like arcade shooters similar to Halo. And Halo Reach is the one that in, that put up like uh, jet packs, uh, sprinting, shit like that. I like so, that though. Like I, it, I it was just really totally cool with it. Halo's core gameplay design is so based around like this slow moving shooter that having like this enhanced mobility meant that they had to rebalance so many things and just completely ruin a lot of the parts of it. Like it's still good for Reach, but it kind of opened the gateway for the issues that I had with like Halo 4, Halo 5 where they're played much more similarly to like Titanfall and uh, other shooters like that, where it's just all about going around the map while running and doing like off the literal off the wall bullshit. Which uh, obviously I need to play the game before I see if I like it or not. But yeah, definitely in Halo, I definitely prefer the more like strategic combat like style that it has. Well, Halo Reach still has it, except for it has uh, armor abilities, which uh, gives you advantages. But like. There is a sprint in Halo Reach, but again, it's an armor ability. It's not something baked into the game, unlike 4 and 5. My my main issue with them is that instead of it being like... Uh, like with Halo 2 and 3, unlike the multiplayer... I don't know if you played any multiplayer, Ian, have you? Uh, uh, as far as multiplayer Halo, the only uh, the stuff I've done is over at Justin's house one time. Yeah, so... Like, Halo, the biggest part about that franchise like uh, is the multiplayer... So, like, to get a fair assessment of the games, you should probably give, like, a couple of, 
rounds of it uh, just to compare between them and see which one's your favorite. Yeah. But, uh, like, one of the big parts of it is that uh, in the original three runs, you had, like, certain parts of the map where, like, a gun or an ability or something would spawn in there, and then everybody would, like, run there to fight for it to try and get it and then get, like, this slight advantage over it, and everybody had, like, a default... Like you get an assault rifle or like a battle, rifle. a battle rifle and then your handgun and you fucking go in. Uh, when you added these like armor abilities and these different classes and such to the game, it kind of removed that aspect of like the arena battle shooter. And it just became a lot more almost similar to like Call of Duty where you just pick a loadout, spawn in and just keep going, which is fine. If you're into that, that's fine. It just doesn't seem to have a home on this specific franchise. Because the moment they implemented it, uh, a lot of the core fans of Halo were very dissatisfied just due to the fact that, like, this franchise over here, Call of Duty, like, if I wanted a similar style to this, I'd just go play it. I'm I'm in this franchise because of this. Well, I'll say this. When it comes to the whole armor abilities and loadouts, like, again, when it comes to Halo, it should have been peaked at reach. Because, again, with 4 and 5, they kind of took it over and made it worse. But with 4 and 5... It's, or with Reach, it's not like you can pick... It's not like you can customize your own loadout. Like, depending on what game type you play depends on what loadout you'll choose. Like, on on a, a traditional Slayer game for Halo Reach, all your loadouts are just assault rifle and pistol, but each loadout is a different armor ability. That's it. But with the custom loadouts, though, it made party games so much more fun because, like, depending on what the party game was... The loadout actually depended, and it's not competitive multiplayer. It's just for fun. I can I can see both sides of like where you guys are getting at. Like uh like personally, I just I think that custom loadouts is just the way to go for multiplayer. However, I'm also someone who has played significantly more COD than I have Halo. I do agree uh, with Ryan that the both franchises have kind of like stolen from each other, like either lightly or heavily at certain points over the years. Uh, I think that. Halo's way of like their unique way I don't know why they would kind of change it to be more like Call of Duty Call didn't Call of Duty like basically release a Halo type game like a couple of years ago and it was completely um like maligned people hated it, it was like a Call of Duty like Infinite Warfare or something okay real quick okay. The Infinite Warfare or Advanced Warfare one of the two it's, it's, it's uh, Infinite Warfare let me go on this real quick I have played Infinite Warfare I played the multiplayer for it I don't understand the hate for it Really? Out of all the Call of Duties that came out, uh, Infinite Warfare was honestly the best one. When they made World War II, that was just to please the people that are pissed off at the futuristic aspect of Infinite Warfare. And World War II fucking failed. Like, it was terrible. Infinite Warfare, it tried to be more like Halo, not in the campaign sense and not in... Mostly in the multiplayer sense, because in the multiplayer, they had a lot more game modes. Like, Infection, they had... Um, they had a, a few modes that came in right now that were kind of based off Halo. But yeah, honestly, when it came to the whole uh campaign of Infinite Warfare, the story was pretty good in my opinion. The gameplay was really great. So I don't understand the hate behind it. Like I went into it thinking, oh my god, this is gonna be terrible because I saw the trailer and I saw everybody's reaction to it. But I played it for myself and I was like, this does not deserve anywhere near the amount of hate that it gets. Well, like, like I said, I mean, I personally haven't played it, uh, but 
I do think that like it does have to be admitted that the reason why they made that was to compete with Halo in, in a sense. Yeah, like the last Call of Duty that I played was Black Ops 2. Best game in the world. Uh, so, such I, a great game. Uh, when it comes to Infinite Warfare, I think a lot of the anger at the time was that like, they were releasing a Call of Duty every single year. And they were just getting more and more futuristic. They didn't really vary the approach at all. They just kept like releasing pretty much the same product over and over and over again. And then Battlefield came out with the Battlefield 1 trailer where it's going back to like World War 1. Which is a completely different setting. Everybody was excited about that. With like a ton of different gameplay upgrades and stuff. So it was more of like a complaint about comparing the two franchises. And a lot of Call of Duty fans, I don't even think, were involved in like the hating of the game. It was more like Battlefield fans jumping over to shit talk it and then go back. I don't know because whenever the game was released, I'll go on, on Twitch and all of the big Call of Duty streamers were playing Infinite Warfare. And they're all saying, oh, this is terrible. This is fucking bullshit. This is god awful. I don't know. Frankly, I don't follow the Twitch scene for Call of Duty, so like I don't I don't pay attention to Twitch streamers' opinions anyway. Like, if you throw like anybody who is like a league streamer, like my my main game, I know this is gonna discredit me. Like the main game that I play is League of Legends, and if you listen to any of the fucking streamers on there and their ideas for what would make the game good, it's so like just tailored to them that it's just like. Just shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, I, I uh, personally, I don't watch much Twitch, but I definitely get what you mean. If you want actual criticism of a game and see like what the player base actually wants from it, just go on to like, uh, like any YouTube comment section about the game or some shit, and you'll get a general feeling of it. And then just keep looking around. You'll eventually get to like, hey, here's a here's a good idea of what people want, and then. The developers go down that route, and it turns out that no, 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 people actually didn't want that. Uh, the people that were happy with it just weren't talking. Yeah. No, like, imagine, imagine, like, after this episode comes out, it finally, like, blows up, and then the developers for, uh, developers for COD just, like, make, uh, Infinite Warfare remastered. I'd buy it. <laughs> Dude, we our, our heads would end up on pikes, and I just want to say it's Justin's fucking fault. Lo uh, local don't go for me. <laughs> local morons in the anti-think tank praise objectively bad game. Local man, Justin being paraded through the streets like, and I quote, a parade float. You done messed but up. No, that's, that's, bad game. that's my sorry. opinion, though. I stand by it. I think Infinite Warfare is not as bad as people say it is. I really, Justin, I really enjoy it. Take the, take, take the opinion back before we upload this episode. Can we, uh, well, how about this? I'll agree on one thing to everybody uh, on the Call of Duty scene agrees with me. Um... Vanguard was terrible. No, no, no. You will agree with all of it. <laughs> you will agree with all of it. All right, anyway, next topic. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. You're not getting out of it this time. You're not getting out of it this time, good sir. Redact the statement. I'll do it in a... Oh, what's what that? What's that? What the fuck are you doing? What? What is that? What is that? That... Oh. Oh, it sounds like... It sounds like a lynch mob outside my door trying to kill me for being affiliated <laughs> with a man with ass opinions. Terrible opinions. And now, oh, well, I'm not letting you in. I'm not let. Okay, they're in. I gotta go. It's been on Kaiser Susan, Dad! Get him! <laughs> Smack his penis! All right, next, uh, it next scares topic me today that you guys we have. <laughs> it scares you that it what? It scares me that you guys are my friends. <laughs> like you 
lost the draw. Look, dude. Look, dude, lost you're the, the one the who scheduled test. a recording session for 11 a.m. What's so funny is, what's so you funny know. is, you guys are talking about how early it is and how early it is. You understand that for 80% of America, that's like, that's midday for them. No. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're like outing ourselves as, de- as like degenerates right now. Like, we're like, yeah, I had to wake up at 11. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I've, like, I could not get to sleep until 5 fucking a.m. We usually record at like, what, like somewhere between 6 and 10 at night? Yeah. Yeah, like I'm now having to sit in the middle of like what degree is it? 85 degrees with no air conditioner on and midday in Alabama. I'm not complaining about it being early. I'm complaining about the fucking heat stroke. Bro, uh, the uh, the creator of Chainsaw Man made a manga called Fire Punch, and uh, I won't go into spoilers, but it has to do with like the heat death of the universe and the sun just killing us all. And I was reading it today. I'm close to the end of it, and I'm like, damn, wow, like. This completely fictional story is kind of just predicting what's happening to the world right now. It should not be this hot! It's too hot, boys. Yeah, the fucking... The ocean is evaporating and making super hurricanes, and maybe one of them will, like, <laughs> hit near me and uh, lower the fucking temperature. If Miami has to go, it has to go, but I'm willing to make that sacrifice for my own convenience. <laughs> for your own convenience. If you're listening in Miami... You're expendable as far as Ryan is concerned. They can take New Orleans too, but that might still be a little bit fucking, like, hitting too close to home after Katrina. Let's not get too deep into hurricane talk. Alright, let's, let's, let's just, let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just move to, um, see, now I want to talk about hurricanes, shit! No, 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 next topic. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one I got. Justin next really one I got. Trying to stop us from getting canceled before I start saying <laughs> it's, it's, New it is a f- people are like Venice. It's a full. Oh, it's a full time job for Justin at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Justin is a professional. You, you have to understand when when it comes to having this podcast with you guys. Like, there's days where like my methods of trying to keep everyone from getting canceled. And to keep everyone from being in trouble with what they say, it's kind of like giving a kid Play-Doh and telling him to be careful for a little bit. <laughs> giving a kid Play-Doh and telling him, I know it's salty, but don't eat it! Don't eat, eat, eat it! I know. Wait, okay, no, 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 no. If they don't want us to eat it, why did they give me the McDonald's pack and gave me the the tools, the tools I needed to make fries? They gave me yellow Play-Doh, and they gave me a little McDonald's fry cup, and they they told me to make fries. And then they told me, don't eat it, and I'm like, bro, it comes pre-salted. What do you expect me to do? I'm five! It sounds like he has some past trauma with it. I see, I see that he has some passion around being able to eat Play-Doh. Bro, no, like I'm tired of people telling me what I can and can't do. At least he fights for what he stands for. <laughs> Become ungovernable. You got people out there fighting for civil rights. You got people out there fighting for truly what they believe in. I'm out here. Vote me in office. I'll make sure your kids have all the Play-Doh they can eat. Some poor woman in Iran getting beheaded because a strand of hair came out of her hijab and we're over here like, Why the fuck do they not let me eat my Play-Doh? I want to put it in a blender and slurp it like a smoothie. This is the kind of shit I'm but talking they won't about. Let me, bro, Justin. At this point, accept the fact that your job is like half editor, half mental health analyst. <laughs> it kind of is. 
Look, dude. It could have been worse. You could have scheduled this shit on 9-11. That's a, <laughs> thank, that's thank a big it, bullet it a we dodged. Later. That's a big bullet we dodged, because I know the shit you guys would fucking say about it. <laughs> or would you... a bullet that New York didn't. What? <laughs> Bro, no, no. <laughs> Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'm just going to edit out what Ryan said. All right, moving on. No, don't. Fine, keep in what Ryan said. <sighs> moving on, boys. Moving on, moving on, boys. Justin, I'm so sorry. Uh, but this is a little, this is a small, this is a smaller topic, not something super big, but uh, the, something that no one had any faith in, including myself, the live action One Piece adaptation did extremely well better than any live action anime adaptation in the history of man the reviews were actually great and it has led the discussion open as far as you know whether these are actually like viable things like whether uh whether these can happen because essentially almost every single other live action anime has floundered in large part because the sort the source material is in its original uh form for a reason. If something was created as a comic book, then it will be enjoyed best in its uh, comic book form. Uh, if something is enjoyed best in an animated form, you can do stuff with that you can't do with something else. So when you make a live action uh, One Piece, it's just going to look more less like easy to believe than it would with the comic book or the uh, or with the uh, animated, well, obviously with the animated series. But uh, a lot of people are saying it worked and that. Um, they really appreciated what they did. And a lot of people are saying that the reason why it worked is because they didn't have the actors try to pretend like they were, like, doing anime things. Because obviously anime characters do have, like, tons of wacky facial expressions, sounds, noises. And in live-action anime adaptations, a lot of the times they'll tell the actors, yeah, just do that, you know? What could go wrong? It won't look weird or cringy at all. And uh, for this one, apparently they didn't do that, and they had them act a little bit more grounded and realistic. So, anyway... Good for live-action One Piece. I mean, the other argument is that the original creator of One Piece, like, stood outside the director's house with, like, a rabid pit bull and a shotgun. <laughs> and, uh, basically just forced him to stick to the source material, or he'd just let go of the leash. It's like, no, like, since they were making it for ne- for, nep- uh, for Netflix, I can just ima- I can just imagine the, uh, the adapters who were creating it were like, Okay, uh, Mr. Oda, are you fine if we make, since this is for Netflix, are you fine if we make half of the characters trans and half gay? Are you okay with this? Alright, if we just make Nami a raging lesbian, <laughs> would you be fine with this? And, uh, Oda, like, l- looks down at the shotgun, looks back up at them and like, I'm torn right now. <laughs> No, and, and you like, understand it, my material better than I. <laughs> I knew it in my heart, but didn't have didn't have the heart to write it. But no, like, like I knew it in my pants that I wanted to see Nami. Just bro, stop, stop. <laughs> Nami is a character that is near and dear to many people's hearts, and apparently near and dear to other parts of you. Look, I never watched One Piece, but I have seen some material. All right, we're gonna uh... move. We're gonna move on. Um, <laughs> before before old Ryan mentions old Vaporeon again, we are going to. Well, you brought that up. I bro, I I be ca- catching mad L's today, dude. I mentioned Skulu Badulu. I mentioned Vaporeon. I'm making all the wrong references. Look, my, my grandmother finally watched this show, and like my D and D friends also watched like episode one. So like I joined the D and D call. And one of my players is a Sauveporeon, huh? 
And then um, my grandmother uh, watched the fucking highlight video that you guys put up. And uh, that was a very awkward, like, two <laughs> minutes. And then she just said, I'm proud of you. So, you know. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, that, that, that's good. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> that's an interesting kind of proud. I knew I was fighting for someone. I just didn't think it would be that close to home. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> good lord. Oh my god. Um, also, real quick, just so I just so I don't get uh, chased after by by any kind of a uh, any kind of mob. Uh, what I was saying earlier wasn't because I'm not like down with inclusion or anything like that. But it just has to be admitted that that's kind of just Netflix's like brand statement. Whenever they adapt anything or create anything, that is their go-to way to get it like out there. Make several of the characters just different lifestyles and there's you know nothing wrong with that but at a certain point it does feel like they're just like virtue signaling and you know trying to score brownie points with you know people and it's I just mean, a little annoying it also it also doesn't help when you have writers that make like the cowboy bebop ad- adaptions say uh they have terrible terrible lines like here comes the ouch motherfuckers from someone who is supposed to be like a like, intensely smart, like, uh, charismatic female character who's like a femme fatale. And then you have her say that line, and I just want to turn it off. Bro, no, I can't. I can't take anything in the live-action Bebop seriously. And I watched the whole thing. I should have stopped the second I saw the wig that they chose for Vicious, and they just didn't think, wow, this looks awful. Yeah. The actor for Spike Spiegel and... Uh, the black guy were both really good, but everybody else kind of floundered. The Ed scene right at the end of it made me want to kill a man. See, no, that's that's what I that's uh uh that's what I, that's what a lot of people were talking about. Um, freaking that scene is terrible because they got the actor to literally just act like Ed did in the show, and that doesn't work in live action. In in the anime, it's like it's like it's funny, it's quirky, it's weird, it's cool. It just works. In live action, it's like, wow, this is a real human being trying to have noodle arms and, like, speak like this. Oh, oh, Spike. It's just, it's terrible. It's awful. And, like, I'm not meaning to, like, blame any of the actors here because when you get handed scripts where you have, like, the Ed scene and here comes the ouch, motherfuckers, you as an actor are just, like, you want to find the nearest bridge and, like, throw the rider off of it. Because like, you you can't do anything. You are going to be get hate. You are going to get so much shit just because you need to feed your family. Or some shit with like, the L.A. rent prices. Or something like, it's either homelessness or I have to say this line. And it's not fair. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I definitely... The less I think about the live-action Bebop, the better. And maybe this live-action adaptation can uh, signal a uh, better future for them if they decide to uh, go forward with it. Also, <laughs> you just, like, earlier was referring to the cast, and you said the black guy. Man's name is Mustafa Shakir, all right? You just completely... Look, everybody knew who the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> Not everybody. Everyone knew There is one black guy in Netflix Cowboy Bebop. One black guy. What? Uh, At least from the main cast. (laughs) Okay, I mean, you're not wrong. Who else could you have been? Everyone's just like, yeah, he's talking about Ed, yeah. (laughs) Justin, Justin's just like, yeah, he's talking about Julia. Vicious is a proud black woman. (sighs) Oh my god. Alright. Uh, Netflix, you're doing good, bud. Um, go take a, 
go take a lap around the uh, go take a lap around the pool. Next, I will be moving on to a little bit of a, a little bit of a topic that is very similar to uh, something that I had before, but uh, in less of a musical context. And it's uh, just with all of these uh, reboots and continuations that have been happening recently, I, I've always been of the opinion that it is more satisfying for something to end. And a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people would agree with that. And when you have a great ending to something, and then you come out later like, hey, here's an extra season of extra content, it, like, it's making it to where your story has two series finales. And then you have to like reconcile with, okay, well, I guess the original one wasn't really the series finale, even though I like it better than the actual one. And it's just really uh, frustrating, and it happened recently. Uh, did either of you guys watch the show uh, Dexter? Uh, I watched a few of the early seasons, and then my interest waned in it. My uh, my father was a big fan of it back in the day, but like I watched yeah. a few episodes, but I never like fully sat down and watched it. I got you. Uh, well, Dexter seasons one through four is like peak. It's amazing. Some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Five is trash. Six is like actual ass. Seven is trash and ass, and eight is trashy ass. It's all bad. All right, it's really bad. So, the finale of Dexter is awful. Like, absolutely terrible. And so, years later, they decided to make another season. Last year, uh, Dexter New Blood. And this finale was even worse. And it's like, what was the point? Like, you, instead of giving me two great finales, you gave me two bad ones. You had nine years to write a better ending to this story, and you somehow bungled it again. And I don't understand how, like, I just don't understand how a writing mistake like that gets through the cracks. I mean, it's even worse when you have like a like a fantastic ending and then you just you get like that extra season that just ruins it. Like I'm a huge fan of like have other of you watched the sitcom uh Scrubs? A little bit, yeah. yeah, not a whole lot. I would recommend sitting down and watching it. Uh it is easily the best sitcom I've ever seen, which, you know, there's a lot of really shitty ones, but this is like actually really fucking good. And then the ending to, like, the original run of the series comes about, and it's such an amazing ending. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a medical drama slash sitcom, and you have, like, all the patients that have, that have died throughout the series, and all the, like, everything comes back for that finale, and it's just such a huge emotional moment at the very end of the series. And then they release the next season... And it's just, to put it in respect, the fan base of that show basically says there is no ninth season. We don't talk about season nine. It doesn't exist. It was supposed I, to be a shitty spinoff that just got attached to the main series. It do- we, do- we ignore it and we move on. It is, it is corporate greed at its absolute, like, most crystallized worst form and it pisses me off so bad like look at look at the fans of futurama futurama i'm not fully uh uh, caught up on it i've seen a bunch of futurama but i've heard from what a lot of people have said that it has basically two series finales that are both excellent it ended once and it and then they revived it again a couple years ago and then it went on for i think two or three more seasons and had another series finale this time people loved it again and now they've rebooted Futurama again, season like 14, it just came out on Hulu, and now they're going to have a, have another series finale. It's just like, I, I would be so much more satisfied just having my memory of this complete, concise, ended story, rather than having to, like, look on my news feed and see, hey, there's another, like, it's continuing, it's like, I don't give a shit, I already, like, have it in my mind as being a complete story. Yeah, like, uh, it's a really big issue in Western animation in general right now, like, 
original properties are just not really sought after. You can look through uh, a ton of animators who are looking for work and such, talking about how their series just aren't getting greenlit, unless it's a reboot or, like, uh, something like that, because people would much rather, uh, or at least corporate heads think that people would much rather watch, like, a Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends uh, reboot than they would, like, an original property. It's so stupid. Personally, I'm more after, like... We were talking last week about the ending of, like, Steven Universe and how disappointing that shit was, but I'd I'd rather have... Because the original run of Steven Universe was really good, they just fumbled at the end. I would say they fumbled around the midway point, but yeah. I think the Cartoon Network fumbled around the midway point. The writing was still decent, it's just the fact that, like, when you have a scheduling that's, like, just a bomb format after a bomb format, it's just gonna be terrible. Because the filler episodes are end up end up being like bomb finales and such, and it's just like it they they killed that series. Anyway, yeah, yeah, no, I, but uh, yeah. you have yeah, occasionally you do have good releases though for the reboots and such. Uh, uh, have ever either of you watched like Adventure Time? I did. I watched the original series. I'm currently a couple of seasons in. You have like uh, the distance la- the distant land specials are an example of like. The original run of Adventure Time, I think, has a decent ending. Not one of the best out there. Uh, still still good, just not one of the best. Then the Distant Lands uh, miniseries comes out that gives like a definitive ending to some of the characters. And it is the best animated ending to anything Western or Eastern that I've ever seen. Wow, okay, so... And then they rebooted it again. Yeah, and I... Well, well yeah, but this time it's with uh, two but side characters. I will characters, say... Right? Uh, I won't go too deep into it because it does spoil some, some aspects of the main series, but it is a very, very good reboot so far. Very interesting for young adult audiences instead of children, so like they aged up the demographic to go along with the people who would have watched it when they were kids and are now adults. So they at least there's a reason for it, and it is very, very interesting. But, like, I would rather have this interesting writing and such be around new characters and new stories instead of reviving the old ones to like just milk out a little bit more money oh yeah it's well because essentially there's a um there's a uh, term uh called snake hands and the idea of it i believe it's a japanese term the idea of it is in relation to storytelling in that the more you add on to a story the more chance you have to accidentally or intentionally dampen or ruin something people liked about it before so uh for a quick example there's a one of my favorite authors of all time ryogo narita uh wrote a series of novels uh for his series durarara and it goes for a 13 novels and they're all amazing it got adapted into a 64 episode anime it's awesome and he finished it but he still had a couple of ideas that he wanted to um that he wanted to get out there so he creates a sequel series called uh, Durarara Snake Hands. And the idea of it is he wants to see whether or not continuing a story he already finished could enhance the original story or, uh, like, dampen the the effects of the original story. Because sometimes, like, I, I do really feel like I just get pissed off when I see something that makes me like something I already liked less. And that happens to me with Star Wars all the time. I loved Boba Fett back when he was just a cool mysterious bounty hunting bounty hunting guy and now i watched the series and it made me completely 
indifferent on the character. Like, he's so boring in that show that now when I watch the original Star Wars trilogy, like, the character seems more boring. That is a case of adding on to a finished story 50 years later and making the original story have less impact. And that's just shitty. I hate that. One of the big issues that I have um, with, like, Star Wars and such is, like, not only do they add on and ruin the old things, but, like, they try to push new shit into, like, the franchise and then make their new shit better than the old shit. So, you have issues where it's, like, Darth Vader was, like, the iconic villain. Yeah. Like, if you look at anybody, everybody knew, like, when you go to, like, a top ten list of villains in film history, Darth Vader was going to be near the top because he, like, George Lucas did everything to make him as intimidating as possible. A uh, big, imposing figure, deep voice, uh, black on black on black. Mm -hmm. uh, every trope that you could get that formed because of this character uh, was used. And it was very, very effective. And then, this isn't even like Disney Wars that did it. Uh, you have series like uh, the Star Wars Legends and the Expanded Universe and such that just, in order to make a character seem strong, they have them beat Darth Vader. And it's just like... Oh, yeah. What's the point of the character, then? He's supposed to be this unstoppable force, no, it, and then he's getting beaten left, right, and center. It, it is incredibly frustrating. Like, it got to the point where people who kept on adding on to Star Wars kept on using, like, uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z logic, which I, I do like Dragon Ball Z, but in that show's logic, Toriyama keeps having to introduce characters who could realistically beat the most powerful character before. Frieza is at the top of the power ceiling, so he wrote Cell, who has Frieza's cells and everyone else's cells, so obviously he's more powerful. Then goes to Majin Buu, and, you know, the villains just keep on having to continuously raise the power level, and that's not... That is really frustrating when multiple authors are involved, because an author will go into Star Wars and have their character beat the shit out of Darth Vader, and it's like, I don't really think you have that call, dude. Like, we love Darth Vader in part because of the sheer amount of screen presence and energy he brings to the table. So it, it's just, it's incredibly uh, frustrating. I do feel like people should just enjoy what they have. Uh, and the fans are partially to blame as well. The fans are definitely partially to blame because you look at uh, series finales of stuff, it could wrap up the best way it possibly can. And there'll always be a couple hundred fans in the comments like, oh, this was so great. I can't wait to see more of it one day. It's like, what do you mean more of it one day? It ended. You got a great conclusion. I can't wait for the conclusion to the Bible. Like <laughs> the 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 newer testament, really the newer well, testament. Can't wait for, you know, the sequel series to the fucking uh, the journey to the west. Really wrap up Sun Wukong's uh, his whole journey to the west thing. I think that we need to make it like western. <laughs> oh my god. And what do, well, yeah, what's what's even worse is when um something has like an open ending where you get to like think about the ending yourself and there'll be like a, a thousand morons in the comments like I can't wait for the sequel so they can finally tell me what happened. It's like bitch, that's the point. You f figure out what happened on your own. My my issue is when series like uh, if they do have enough loose ends to determine like okay we can make a good spinoff to fix these issues or plot holes or whatever the fuck like that. That is somewhat fine. Do it in moderation, but every series is doing it now. Like it, it's getting no ending is sacred. It's it's getting to the point where when I finish something, I don't get that like high of 
this is the last time I'm going to see these characters again. And that is part of the high of a series finale, and they're not, like, it's not hitting as hard. Um, One of my, fi- I feel a little scared saying this, one of my favorite shows of all time. I know it's not great, but uh, an anime called Fairy Tale, which gets a lot of shit, because, you know, it's got issues. But uh, it ended after, like, 356 or something episodes, and I love the ending. I love the ending. But I wasn't able to really feel that, like, great feeling that this is the last time I'm seeing these characters. This is a great ending for everyone's story because right after, right before it ended, it was announced that there was a sequel series that's going to take place a couple of years later and that just really dampened my feeling of the show ending. The Alien franchise is somewhat similar to that. Oh my god. I think that's one where like, it's sort of like the exception to that rule where it's like, oh, well, if it has enough mystery or plot hooks or something, you know, you can make a series and explain them. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, no, what? The the whole point of the alien is that you don't know what the fuck it is. And they have spent three. That's what made it so cool. They have spent three movies trying to explain questions that I didn't ask. The alien franchise was my favorite sci-fi franchise in history, it was fantastic. You had Alien, mm. Aliens, and then you got to ignore everything else. Yeah, like three, because it was three a complete story, and you moved on. Yes, I think three. It's better than a lot of people make it out to be, but uh, the, begin- the the beginning ruins the entire thing for me. Yeah, the, the death of Newton, all that shit, where it just kind of invalidates Aliens. Yes, and in, like, invalidating one of people's favorite movies of that decade. That's that's a perfect bad that's call, a perfect bad example. Film, but that's a perfect example as... of adding on to something and making me like Aliens less. You had Alien, the perfect start, and Aliens, the perfect sequel, and it could just end there with them escaping, beating the Queen, and moving on, and then it's just like, boom, ending. Good. The colony of these aliens are dead. There's nothing that's an issue. We move on. Uh, you don't need this expanded universe from Prometheus. And, like, trying to explain their fucking origin. And I was like, I, I didn't want to know. It's I terrible. didn't want to know. I, sim- I simply didn't You don't ask. need an origin. Yeah, you don't need an origin for everything. You could just say, oh, there are aliens here. Well, why are they there? They're there. They're there. Because I want them to be. Like, that, yeah, that works in storytelling. You don't need a full explanation of everything. If it can work within the universe, that's fine. But for the purpose of storytelling, especially for this franchise, it didn't need to be done. Ever. Yeah. And then Alien Covenant came out, and that movie's basically like the cinematic equivalent to shitting yourself on a Six Flags ride. Imagine there was a The Thing sequel. I where really, they just started, I, like, it takes place on, like... Bro, no, no. Like, I, 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 just, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I saw a comment under a video one time, because The Thing is, like, my fourth favorite movie of all time. I've seen it a billion times. There's a comment under it saying, I hate they never made a sequel, so we can't find out which one of them is The Thing. It's like, bro, it's a perfect That's ending. The point. It's a great ending. Like, like, it adds to the paranoia. You don't know. Yes, like, I, I like, personally. That's the Points. Yeah, like I personally think I, one of them doesn't have breath. One of them isn't. Uh, one of them is like breathing, and it's not showing their breath on the cold air. So people speculate that uh, that one's the alien. I can't remember um, whether it's Macready or not. But uh, yeah, great ending. I hate, people are stupid. It, it's just absurd to me the level of like, oh, we need to answer this question. No, no, no. That that the artistic integrity of the original creator should always be taken into account. Like. Absolutely. They ended the thing at that moment for a reason. The thing is entirely about like paranoia yeah. and just like 
making you feel as paranoid as possible by ending it at that moment without giving you the answer they keep you in that sort of subsect of the mind for as long as possible after the movie is over you've gone home and you just you still got that creeping feeling yes that oh what the fuck was that yeah and then if you get like a sequel i know that i know that it does get a sequel uh through the video game but you know that's not like a movie or anything like that and i know it's technically canon and all that shit but you know go fuck yourself yeah uh it doesn't even answer the question that we're <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah exactly but like what like there's a reason that it's never answered because it's not meant to be answered no do you like do you, like i was i have never watched the thing and thought, man, I really want to see where this creature came from. I really want to see its home planet. It is way cooler to just have it be an ununderstandable entity. Yeah. Like, that is part of the horror. You don't understand it. You don't know if there's a different rule for it. You don't know anything. It's like, imagine if H.P. Lovecraft started explaining the Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. Like, he's like, like The whole point is that it's beyond comprehension. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, Justin, you're being a little quiet, man. I thought you were into horror movies and stuff. I am. I'm just waiting to uh, jump in. I mean, I agree with everybody you were saying that there there shouldn't be a sequel to films that don't really need it, especially The Thing and whatnot. Like, for instance, speaking of The Thing, um, John Carpenter, the one who directed the uh, the remake Halloween. of The Thing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he is not a big fan of sequels. Like, he hates sequels yeah. all the way through. Um, I believe he wrote the sequel for Halloween 2. But he didn't want to do it, so he purposely made Michael die at the end of it. But, of yeah. course, Hollywood was like, well, <laughs> Mr. Carpenter, guess what? We're taking your property. We're making a third film. <laughs> your reproductive rights belong to us now, Mr. Carpenter. But, like, name one film that he's made that has a sequel. Like, no, like, jo- like, like John. Halloween. He... Yeah, he gets like in and cooks he, and he leaves. Made... Yeah. Uh, Big Trouble Little China, one film. The he Thing, one with... film. Um, his very underrated uh, masterpiece, The Ghost from Mars, just one film. You've told me to watch that before, like a couple of different times. I, it's fucking amazing. I will, add, awesome. I will add a little, like, apostrophe star, little addendum here. There are some classics that, like, the sequel comes out and it's like, oh my god, this is fucking great. Like, oh, yeah, just as a shout out here. Uh, I, I'm assuming you both watched The Shining. Yes. Oh, yeah. like if you haven't watched The Shining and you're a horror fan, like you know, the, like uh, keep yourself safe and all that shit. But uh, it's you know, perfect. <laughs> uh, then a few years back, they released a movie uh, directed by a guy called Mike Flanagan, one of my personal favorite uh, horror directors, called Doctor Sleep, and it is it's a sequel to The Shining that follows Danny and like his later years and such, uh, and it is. So good. For me, that one's... So fucking good. For me, that's a little bit different because that is specifically a case of the original author, like, who created the story going yeah. going back and wanting to create a continuation to it. And I haven't I haven't seen Doctor Sleep. I've been told to watch it a million times. I, uh... My dad said, like... My dad, as someone who has seen The Shining, like, every Hallow- every October, he's seen it probably, like, 50 times in his life. And me, I've, I've probably seen it, like, five or six. I love that movie. Uh, he said he loved Dr. Sleep, and he said it was a really, it felt like a sequel with purpose. And that's what a lot of sequels lack, is purpose. Dr. Sleep, uh, the movie version, I don't know about the book version, but like you were saying, the the original creator obviously continued the story. Uh, he had written the book, he had done everything, and, 
basically Mike Flanagan when in, when they were making Doctor Sleep, uh, he was speaking with the creator of uh, you know the original book series Stephen King, uh, and basically looked at him and said, "You didn't get the ending to The Shining that you wanted in like the huge Hollywood release version. Uh, instead of giving the Doctor Sleep ending, let's just make." Uh, the ending to the original Shining, and go from there. And basically, like, can the ending to the book of Doctor Sleep and just give it the ending to the Shining that uh, Stephen King would have preferred? And the ending to Doctor Sleep is so fucking good. Okay, wait. So just <laughs> like, just to be clear, the movie does not have the ending that the book does. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the original book of the Shining does not have the ending that uh, the movie does. And then Doctor Sleep uh, follows The Shining's ending, and like Doctor Sleep ends with the ending of The Shining, whereas uh, The Shining ends on like its own thing. Yeah, I mean I love Stanley Kubrick, but some of the decisions he makes, like to, because I have read The Shining book and I do prefer the ending of the original book, and I I've just never understood why Stanley Kubrick changes the ending the way that he does. It's a little baffling to me, but uh, still a great, still a great uh, movie. Probably the best atmosphere in any horror movie. Yeah, I can't really think of one that really competes with it, in all honesty. Like, what about you, like, Justin? Maybe The Thing. Like, that. Yeah, yeah, The Thing has really good atmosphere, too, I'd say. What about uh, you, Justin? You know any? I guess it, it is good for the atmosphere. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Granted, The Shining is not up there, my favorite horror films. I do like it a lot. Not a personal favorite? There is one horror film, uh, though, that's my. F- well, here's the thing. I do have a personal favorite horror film, but I was going to save it for my episode next week. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Because I was going to have a whole whole section, whole topic section dedicated to my favorite director. Maybe, 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 uh, yeah, I definitely have some uh, spooky topics ready for October. If you come in here and say it's Toxic Avenger, I'm bricking you. <laughs> come in no, here no, and no, say what? No, not that at all. But, um, <laughs> no, Ryan was saying that uh, if it was Toxic Avenger, he's going to end me. Oh, okay, okay. Go on. Well, I, well, I do like Toxic Avenger, but it's 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 not that. It's Toxic Avenger is probably like my tenth favorite film. But anyway, Ian, should we not tell Ryan about the uh, the transmission we got from space? Oh shit, dude! Yeah, wait one second, one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good. We went a whole hour and twenty minutes without bringing this up. That no, we we were we were we were good. We were good. All right. Uh, I I say I say go ahead and show him. I think it's um, I think it's monumental. Not just for the podcast, but uh. All right, for, for mankind, for the whole world. Okay, here we go. So Ryan, we got a transmission. Uh, I was notified from NASA that an alien tried to contact us. Right? He a- he asked right. for us specifically. All right, and he asked for us to take his message and put it through a text to speech bot. This text to speech bot, and he requested it be Scottish accent. And, I don't know um, what. So so out of out of principle, I well, went ahead and made a whole. To aliens. Yeah, so, so with the, so on my own terms, I went ahead and I just uh, made him uh, a little video, you know, you know. So uh, I put this together, and I'm gonna send this to you, and we're gonna watch this together. All right, let's see this shit. Let's all start from zero zero. Fifty nine seconds. It, it was a very right. short transmission, but it's got a lot packed into it. All right. Countersign. Right, everybody at zero, zero? Yep. Yeah. E- All righty. 
One, two, three. Attention all Earthlings, my name is Bleeble Gobbins. I come from the Yomotastar system with one goal. I wish to become the domestic leader of the United States of America. My people have witnessed how you all have voted terrible men in power for hundreds of years. And for what? Just Woodrow to have Wilson, another leader you. in office <laughs> with a stick up his ass. I don't think so. America, what you need is a president that will lead your country into the future. A president that can provide affordable health care, free coupons to TGI Fridays and all the shower water you can drink. A president that will totally not feed you to the space kraken in about 20 years. But most importantly, a president with a set of balls. You don't need Grand Poncho running in office, and you don't need another fat, sweaty, Republican with questionable morals. America, vote for Blable Bobbins in 2024. Vote a president worth voting for. Thank you for that. Hey, let's get a round of applause, boys. <laughs> He's got my vote. Just... He's got He's my vote. He's got my vote, too. I'm a bit worried about the whole space cracking thing, but we shouldn't, probably that, shouldn't that, look into that. That was a mistranslation. That, that, was a mis- Listen, that, was a, that was a mistranslation. He said, he said he, no, no, no. No, no, he said not to worry about it. So why are we worried about it? Like, I don't understand why you would even bring it up. He said like, he, he wasn't going to do it. He said don't worry about it. I uh, mean, you don't know. Like, It's possible that you know other presidents are going to do the same thing. Other presidents may feed to the space cracking, but he's not going to. All right? That's the thing. Like, As far as I'm... Honestly, that <laughs> no other president has... Uh, no other candidate for the presidency has promised us not to feed us to the space cracking. So. Uh, uh, see? Like, exactly. So far, he's the only one that's actually made that commitment. Absolutely, I'm. I'm glad he and got listen, uh, got in under that. And listen, this gentleman, like I'm telling you right now, the fact that he's going to provide us with affordable health care, free coupons to TGI Fridays, and all of the shower water we can drink, it's perfect. Okay, I'm voting for him. I like the implication that he thinks I don't already drink vast amounts of shower water. Do you use that to wash down your fucking play-doh? <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, we're going to move on. That was uh, that, uh, that was a reference I didn't appreciate, all right? I have never, just in case anyone's listening to this, I have never eaten Play-Doh. That was all a joke. Um, it was all, uh, it was all a, little bit of a, a little bit of a funny little joke. Um, He's like pushing the fucking canister of Play-Doh away from his desk <laughs> at the moment, getting out of camera view. Regardless, I don't, I don't eat Play-Doh. Um... <laughs> Any ladies out there, you know, interested in me, I, I, if you want me to eat Play-Doh, I will. However, I don't do it currently. If you want Ble- Ian to eat Play-Doh, we will record him eating it. G- donate, donate at the $120 tier and I will, I will eat a shit ton of Play-Doh, dude. I, 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 I will. I don't think you, I don't think you want to make that commitment. No, I. Because $120 isn't enough for poison control. Allow me to, okay, all right. I really do need to be careful, cause like, imagine I like go to court and I'm liable. It's like, son, you you gotta you gotta eat a shit ton of Play-Doh, or else you're going to prison. All right, can you define <laughs> a shit ton for me? Cause we're like somewhere between like someone taking a dump at a turdy, or uh, you know, a literal ton of Play-Doh. And personally, like, I'd uh, I want to see this. <laughs> I've been no, a- you know, listen here. So a shit ton, a shit ton is equivalent to an ass load. All right. <laughs> Let me br- they bring out they bring out like a chart with the conversion like metrics on it. <laughs> All right, so right here we have a shit ton, which is slightly more than an ass load, but that's a little bit more than a piss stomp. 
So uh, the conclusion is, uh, you're kind of dumb, son. You're you're not the smartest, are you? you? Made a little bit of a mistake here. And you know when we come to that conclusion. All right, next Stop. topic. Uh, the the next topic we've got. Yellow is my favorite flavor. Did you just say yellow? <laughs> okay. Um. Everyone, vote in Bleeble Bobbins, Bleeble Bobbins for um, uh, for president twenty twenty four. He will make America again, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Let me uh, play. Let me play his uh, theme song right quick. Yeah. All right. Next on a. We've ruined his campaign. No, no, I bro, I just literally just added so much to his campaign. Like I just first, first of all, exposure. Like the exposure of the thirteen views this is gonna get is going to get him in office. By the way, I forgot to mention in his mm. uh, thing, in his little video, that he he specifically asked that his assistant president, his vice president, be a uh, Ben Dover, bringing him back from the dead. Huh? So you should um, put that in the ad. I'm not taking your word for it personally. So so Ben Dover, if you're listening, um, he wants to be your running mate. I uh, I'm actually getting a would it be reverse? I'm actually getting a uh, getting a text here. He says he doesn't want to be a part of our degenerate plans. That is unfortunate. Ah, okay, understood. All right, but you should have picked a different podcast then, because he's gonna be here forever now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, regardless of all of that, <laughs> that's the curse of this fucking chair. Ne- no, next month, next month, how how would you guys feel about bringing old Bleebel on for a little segment on uh, on space politics? Fuck That'd be it. kind of amazing. Yeah, bring him on, I guess. All right, I'm down. I'm down. Only a couple more topics here, boys. Let me move on. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about uh, leaker culture. Uh, the uh, general um, idea in many spheres, but it's m- probably most prevalent in uh, the video game sphere, and that is uh, people who have uh, hacking information, inside information, uh, uh, family members who work for the people and they just have information that they leak to the public about things and I'm not here to get into the moral like ramifications of it of whether they should or should not do it because let's be honest uh, they're stealing from multi-billion dollar companies who gives a shit Uh, what I am here to talk about and what does annoy me is that I have slowly gotten out of it over the years because it is a vicious cycle of disappointment and this is what happened around a week ago uh, I follow a channel, a channel that talks about video game news, and they talked about how a reputable leaker who basically said all of the different stuff that was going to be in the Nintendo Direct back in around March, he got it all right. So the leaker came back again last week and said that in the Nintendo Direct that came out this morning that I haven't watched yet, uh, it was going to have, it was going to announce a new Donkey Kong Country game. And I flipped my shit in the middle of work. Like, I, it was like straight out of a musical. I was walking up to random strangers, kissing them on the mouth, dude. I was like, bro, Donkey Kong Country is back. I don't need this shitty job anymore. And I left. I just, I just, I, I quit, all right? Quit my job. Because Donkey Kong Country was coming out, I didn't need anything else. Burned all my bridges. Turns out, two days later, a guy says he got some wrong information. And turns out it's not Donkey Kong Country, it is uh, Donkey Kong versus Mario, which is basically a glorified minigame franchise. And I went into a deep depression, so deep that I considered 
leaving this podcast altogether. I was very sad. Obviously, I'm being dramatic. I didn't really quit my job and shit, but it really did suck. Like, I got news that I was getting a game I couldn't wait for, a new Donkey Kong Country game, first one in eight years, and turns out that he just got the information wrong. And this... It's not worth it. I really don't... Uh, would you guys say that you think that leaker culture is worth it? Like, you can maybe get some correct information early, but the the depression of having it be false is almost like... It just pisses me off too much to continue trying to validate uh, possibly false information. When it comes to leaker culture, there are certain things that I think are good to leak out, like uh, rumors. Like We were talking last week about like the $150 Pro. Uh, potential prize point for Grand Theft Auto 6. Like, that's a good thing to leak out. But, like, just a, like, random titles and such. Like, stuff changes in development so quickly that it's just not worth talking about, really. Like... Yeah, I, I, I agree. And there's there's channels that cover daily news like that, and I've, I've just, I've kind of just unsubscribed to some, because I can't... I just can't keep going through that cycle. I would rather just get confirmation. Um, like... Uh, the Attack on Titan final episode release date is on November 4th, and it got leaked by someone uh, a couple of days before, and I just didn't pay attention to it. It got leaked uh, on November 2nd, said it was uh, sorry, it got leaked two days ago, and said that it was going to be coming on November 4th, and I just didn't pay attention to it. It ended up being true, but it would have sucked if it if it was like, yeah, that wasn't true. It's coming out on next January. Not only that, but like. The excitement of getting, like, a, just a raw drop, like, yes. is absurd. Like, uh, the Smash community, for however fucked up they are, whenever the Smash Ultimate trailer first dropped, because nobody knew it was going to come out, like, people had suspicions, like, of course Nintendo's going to make a Smash for this new console, but, like, the extent of what the fuck they were doing, every single time they did a drop for that, like, whether it be a new character, or whatever the hell it was... Like, people got so excited. It, Dude, I don't even play Smash Brothers. When they, whenever they revealed Banjo-Kazooie, I got hyped. Dude, yeah. Like, I I remember when that original trailer dropped in the Nintendo Direct, like, back in 2017, and it said, everyone is here. Every fighter from the across the entire franchise. And it was an incredible feeling that would have been dampened if some random asshole in his basement who's combing through thousands of files figured out, oh, it looks here like they're going to announce the new Smash Brothers. It's like, bro, I don't give a shit. Just wait and let me see it from the actual company. Yeah, like, not only that, but, like, it kind of has, like, an adverse effect to hype as well. Of, like, uh, leaks are always going to talk about the most extreme things they heard, because that's what gets the clicks, right? Yes. Like, you can't really get ahead just like, yeah, they're making, like, uh, Rockstar's making a new Grand Theft Auto. Do with that as you will. And, like, yeah, they're going to make a new Grand Theft Auto. Who the fuck would have guessed? And then it's just, like... You can't get by with that, so you gotta go a little bit more. More. Oh, well. New Grand Theft Auto footage leaked, and it's like pre-pre-alpha playtesting footage, and uh, it's just, like, everybody's making fun of it, saying how terrible the project is, and all this shit, and it's just like, dude, like, do you have any idea what game development is like? That's so early in the fucking thing that, like, not even details on anything have really been decided yet. They haven't done anything. Yeah. Why are you judging the product? Yeah, like, not to mention, like, Grand Theft Auto V, I'm still, everyone's still incredibly hyped for it, but there's a certain small subset of the community that is now like, oh, it's not going to be good, it looks so bad. It's like, bro, it was illegally stolen from the creators and leaked in an unfinished state. Could you chill out? I, I get the point of some leaks, that like they are necessary. 
to have at times like, oh, this company is doing this, which is going to be like a violation of like core uh, customer rights or something like that. Which, like, if somebody is doing like a predatory thing and you're a leaker, you know, release it. It's it's worth talking about that they're considering doing something that is anti-consumer. Yeah, yeah, sure. But if you're just like talking about some bullshit. Who the fuck cares? Well, they're doing it for online clout. Let me be hyped. Ab- yeah, they're doing it for online clout. Yeah, I-, I know why they're doing it. But, like, if if I have the choice of, like, uh, tomorrow waking up to, new- to news about, like, oh, by the way, uh, Tears of the Kingdom getting, like, a massive fucking DLC that's gonna change a shit ton of things, make it really good, that'd be hype as fuck. Well, but if I wake up to that news... And it's, like, some random fucking guy online talking about it, and six months later they do the announcement, and it's like, yeah, we knew about that. It Give us something new. I, I and, and then we're blaming the company for giving us old news when they really didn't. They just, it, it sucks. I really, uh, I can't stand it. I do agree that some leaks are necessary, as long as it's something that the company doesn't have an incentive to tell us. Uh, but if they do at some point, then there's no point in telling me a month early, you're just like taking the wind out of my sails. So, and anything to add on that? Uh, anything to add on that, Justin? No, I think you guys pretty much spoke for me. There's some neckbeard out there right now that's and they're like, leave alone the multi-billion-dollar company. You can't, you can't sit here and fucking like <laughs> talk shit about my leaker and defend Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo is so, so anti-consumer. You can't do that. <laughs> or, just, or, there's just, or there's just a le- there's just a leaker out there who looks like the guy from um, that World of Warcraft episode of South Park. And he's like, but you guys really don't want to know about the... Uh, <laughs> you guys don't want to know about the leak I have for Starfield 2? Uh, I've got it on my laptop right now. Uh, I'll send it to the world. Uh, I don't give a shit. Please, please, just a crumb of pussy. Please. <laughs> I'll leak Pikmin 5. <laughs> I want one crumb. <laughs> that was some degenerate shit, right? <laughs> Bro, some, oh my god! I just want everyone to know at home that you know when when I had this idea with everyone to start this podcast, I was hoping for funny jokes, you know, it's something for everyone to get involved with. Now we've made fun of nine eleven. We've made <laughs> we've not done this shit. We disgraced we disgraced yeah. the memory of Stephen Harwell, lead singer for the famous band Smash Mouth. Like I don't know where we're not I even got bringing off. up the fact of like the Anne Frank thing from last week, or are we just ignoring that? Because I'm down to ignore it if you guys. Are. I'm I'm voting. I'm trying to ignore it, but then again, to you brought it up. Just like anybody who questions what happened to Anne Frank back then, they don't have to stop. Stop. They don't have to be stop. on record. Stop. Stop. It there. Stop. <laughs> stop. Give a little. Give... All right, all right, buddy. Um, let's see. I would, I would very much like for. Imagine there's just like two versions of the podcast. There's like the version we upload that's two hours, and then we upload the real cut, and it's like eight and a half hours. No, we just we gaslight people into stuff that doesn't exist. We go full blown Stalin. Like somebody points out a clip, we just edit out and not even reload. Just like convince people on mass that that clip never existed. Take. Like, if there's ever, like, some guy on the podcast, like, in three years, if, uh, like, Ian does some shit, 
that the rest of us don't agree with, we just edit him out of all content and just have dead spots in all the podcasts. I, I, I knew. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Just, you just replaced me with uh, replace me with good old, good old Bleeble. What the, yeah, the, the, the text-to-speech from that thing. What the paper? If you leave all dead space, imagine all of Ian's episodes where, like, the podcast starts and you hear nothing except you hear whatever I speak or Ryan speaks. Like, yeah, how you doing? Nice seeing you in Ian's dead space. No, just imagine, just imagine, like, a complete dead space for, like, three minutes and then, Ian, knock off the harmonica, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> dude, that would be amazing. <laughs> idea that now I just like cut people off in the future and just re-upload the whole video with them cut out <laughs> no bro imagine dead silence for five minutes you do have him you remember he does have the separate audio files <laughs> so he can technically do that no, dude, imagine that imagine ryan gets canceled and we cut him out so it's just dead silence and then whoa whoa you can't say that here buddy there'll be a whole fucking reddit thread like what happened on that episode what the hell was said? I think I know why he's. Uh, I think I know why he's in jail now. Why the fuck did this host go to Guantanamo Bay? And then like the cut <laughs> audio file from like uh, reveals that I like revealed the entire Epstein client list or some shit live on air, and they just took me out. Dude, imagine, <laughs> imagine the United States government having to go through all of this bullshit just to find the one relevant piece of information. It's, just, it's just like an actual, like really, like, like they have to go through the whole thing. It's like, all right, Vaporeon, Vaporeon, all right, and Frank, and Frank, and okay, Epstein, all right. Start, yeah, start listing off shit like uh, Biden connections, like Ukraine or some shit. One second, I gotta go real quick. Wait, wait, what? Oh, no, it was part of the joke, my bad. <laughs> I was like, Ryan, where are you going? He, he had you fucking convinced. <laughs> Bro, you got me, you dude, you gaslighted me in real time. Got that shit in 4K. Bro, holy shit. Okay, 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 We a lot of really good stuff here. I, uh, I think that I only have one more, uh, one more topic. I can get through this one pretty quickly, and that is, uh, 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 companies that make announcements too damn early in the development cycle. A lot of times, this comes from delays, but it has become increasingly frustrating. Metroid Prime 4. I am fine with them taking literally as much time as they need on Metroid Prime 4. Whenever anyone in the comment section is like, oh, they need to really hurry up on this, I, I defend the developers. I don't really defend the fact that they announced it in 2016. <laughs> It's been that long. I I'm I've been waiting that long. Yes, dude, it is it is honestly 2016 or 2017. It is really frustrating and uh, I was reminded of it. I actually added that to the docket when you mentioned Silk Song. They they would not be in the predicament they are now if they would have just announced Silk Song last year. They'd be fine, but they announced it like 3 years ago. When it comes to like the Metroid Prime shit, it was it was so like Metroid is one of my favorite franchises of all time. So that we got Metroid Dread. It was like, oh, thank God, finally, new Metroid. And then they announced, you know, Metroid Prime 4. And it's like, you know, my heart grows three sizes that day. And then I have a fucking heart attack because it's been seven years. Dude, it's... <laughs> and I can't 
do it anymore. Like, I just, like... I can't do it anymore, man. I've been waiting here for seven years. Dude, like, there's just, there's just a cult of... Why did she leave? <laughs> My girlfriend left me because I was waiting for... I, because I was waiting for Elder Scrolls Six for too long. <laughs> Bro, the, like, Elder Scrolls Six, Hollow Knight Silk Song, Metroid Prime 4, Grand Theft Auto 5. I want you, the developers of these games, you you could make the best games in the world. I want you to take as long as you need. You could release it in 2030, but don't announce it until 2029. You know GTA 5 is already out, right? I said GTA 6. You said 5. I said 6. No, he said 6. No, you said 5. I no, said, said 6. six. You, you said 5, good sir. No, that would, he said GTA. 6. I would like to say you need a schizophrenic pills, dude. I, I, no, stop. No, I would like to say I'm. No, that was that was my failed attempt at gaslighting. I'm sorry. The, no, no, the quickness with with, with which <laughs> Ryan, the comfortableness with which Ryan gaslit you shows me a lot about your friendship's past. That was really quick on his part. <laughs> <laughs> it works too instantly. No, like I was, I was like, I was like, I was like making a little joke, and then you were like, "Yeah, he said, he said five. It was so immediate." So wait, you did say five? I said, I said <laughs> six. <laughs> listen, I can't, I can't trust. Go. Listen, I can't trust both of you, okay? Because I told Ryan this earlier. Through. I told Ryan behind the scenes that fucking when you guys tricked me during that fucking um, that historic trivia, like I knew deep in my mind you guys were fucking with me. But I legit had, like, a post-it note, like, conspiracy theory timeline going on, trying to figure out, like, was that really real or what, what <laughs> the fuck happened? You look like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia looking for Pepe Sylvia. Just, like, a whole, like, huge, like, thing on your wall. Like, okay, at 9.45, they asked me they asked me who the Archduke of Ferdinand was. Go, okay, but at this point, he asked Ian what Prolato tastes like. That's clearly an easier question. No, legit. Like the the one thing that popped up was like, Ryan has said something like, "Oh, I'll just swap uh, Justin's questions with Ian que- Ian's questions." And then later on, he's like, "Listen, man, I just pulled question out of a hat." I'm like, "How did he do that?" <laughs> you don't own a hat, Ryan. You don't own a hat. I've been to your house. <laughs> show me the show me the fucking hat. <laughs> show me that. Yo, release the hat. Cut. Release the hat. Release the hat. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what do you have <laughs> this to say is for no yourself? Hat. This is no hat gate, motherfucker. One second. Just need to take a picture of this hat. <laughs> Let me take a picture of this hat. Just need to make sure that uh, the world is corrected. We just hear him start his car and drive away to like Hobby Lobby to buy a hat. No, he just is a dick pic. <laughs> Classic no, Ryan. Need to, need to really, s- <laughs> really need to set the stage for the hat. It's just him flipping us off. <laughs> yeah, just a piece of paper, just for you go. fucking idiots. <laughs> what the There's fuck? Oh, well, hey, uh, wait, wait, did you send the thing? <laughs> he did. <laughs> wait, no, let me go to Discord. I was gonna show that on YouTube so people can look at it, but I can't show it with that in it. What? Wait, bro, what am I missing? You absolutely. What am I- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, do you see it now? 
He's like baiting you, like, all right, Justin, who's the one who really got played here? <laughs> oh my god! All right, for anyone listening to the audio podcast, um, Ryan just sent us a photograph with a hat on the floor, with a handgun next to it and a knife next to that. Essentially, he's telling us that uh, there's a certain ratio of fucking around before we inevitably find out. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, this has been going on for a while, boys. We're around, uh, I got through all my topics. Uh, do we have anything else, uh, to bring to the table upon this fine day? Uh, I do have... Probably the Unity News. Well, but I do have a little announcement to make real quick, um, for the podcast listeners and whatnot. Um, so, if you have a friend that is totally biased against Spotify and or YouTube and refuses to listen to this because of those two platforms, um, tell him he can shut the fuck up because now we're on Apple Podcasts and we're on iHeartRadio, which Ooh. I just found out the other day still exists. And uh, yeah. one more... Th- we're going to hit a huge market for like the three iHeartRadio users that are still out there. I know, there. right? And uh, anyway, one more thing to add. Um, if you enjoyed the show, um, if you go into uh, the description of this video... Or if you go into the um, the show description on any streaming service you're on, there'll be a link that would take you to a page that you can set up a monthly donation to support the show. Yeah, even a even a dollar even a dollar would help, you know, so we can uh, really start improving uh, things around here, around the home office. <laughs> Step number one to improve this podcast is I want to record this in person so the internet does not fuck shit up. Yeah, good good luck with that shit. Justin, I'm tuning my guitar. Like, cut this out of the final cut. Uh, continue talking. Nah, I'm leaving it in. Le- Maybe don't. Maybe it, w- it would be so easy. You cut my ukulele, my beautiful ukulele solos on the first episode that no one will ever know about because you're a... You know what? You know what? Just waiting for him to, to be get accurate. done with his guitar. All right, all right, all right. I'm done. Okay, next week, I assume Justin will be hosting. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, I wanted to cover uh, the just a quick topic on the Unity decision that was fucking awful. Have you have uh, you heard about that, Ian? Because me and Justin talked about it a little bit. Have you heard about it? Uh, a little bit. I think you sent me that article. I sent you a fake screenshot of Hollow Knight Silk Song getting delayed because they were having to switch to Unity, uh, switch off of okay. Unity. But uh, Unity is basically they change their the way that their corporate system works. We're talking about corporate greed and such. This is about as obvious as it gets. They are going to charge developers uh, per install fees. Like, if somebody downloads the game and it's using Unity Engine, you now owe us 20 cents. Uh, it does not matter what the price of the game is. Every time somebody downloads that shit, doesn't matter if it's like someone uninstalling and reinstalling it. Uh, that's twenty that's cents. Why, dude? That's what? Why do these companies keep on getting away with like things that regular people clearly see as just blatantly illegal shit? That is awful. So yeah, uh, there is an absurd amount of developers out there right now, like shitting themselves because uh, they've already released Unity games. And are probably going to have to, like, pull them down off of the internet. Because if somebody downloads them from this point on, it's 20 cents per download. And some of them are just out there for free. Like, one dude who's a Unity developer, 
said that under the current Unity guidelines, even though he released every single game he made for free, he would owe Unity a total of $5.6 million. Holy shit. Bro. Yeah, after making zero money. I'd have to find exactly who it was. Uh, we can probably link that shit down below if I find it. Uh, if not, I just went to go turn my air conditioner on and forgot about it and didn't care after that point. But yeah. So Unity price structure. Uh, you know, if you're the CEO of Unity and you're listening to this, what I want you to do is uh, just go to your kitchen and... I mean, it's just... It's corporate BS run amok. I don't like it. I do feel like that sounds like a proper plan, right? All right, boys. Was that uh, was that everything? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, See you guys well, next week. Ba, 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 ba. Hold your horses there, Mister. Uh, Mister. I want to turn on my air conditioner. <laughs> Not just yet, boyo. Let me play it. It is ninety degrees. Let me play us out. All right, it's my show, and I want and I and I want to play us out. All right, do it quick. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming to the show. I like Play-Doh. All right, everybody, have a good night.